I'm Brian, a Suns fan since 1983, and you're listening to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. Good. It's been fun to uh, revisit some Sun stuff through the last dance. I was wondering if we would get it or not. I, I wasn't sure how deep they would go into it. We got to see the packs and shots. So, yeah, um, it was fun. Yeah, they went deep enough. I deep enough. Yeah. I didn't need any more more than that. No. I don't know about you. But... I got to walk my fiance through it. She had she had no idea any of that ever happened. So it was like, yeah, this is why Valley sports fans hate their, hate their lives. I don't know. Yeah, it was fun, though. Oh, yeah. My wife uh, was next to me and she grew up in Chicago and uh, rubbed it in. Uh, She's like, well, this As she deserves to. Moments. And I was yeah. like, yeah, and this is one of the most soul crushing moments of my life. I'm glad I can yeah. relive it thanks to this documentary. But uh, yeah. I was I was intrigued by something you wrote. Uh, I guess it was late last week since we're, we're Monday today. But uh, mm-hmm. you wrote about On Bright Side how with the renovations coming to Talking Stick Resort Arena when they go, uh, you know, when they, whenever they play again uh, yeah. for the 2020-2021 season, that you think there should be an addition to to the new arena, uh, yeah. the renovated arena. Uh, why don't you walk us through what your suggestion is, kind of your thought process, and, and why you're proposing it. You know, first of all, I was actually happy to see that the the whole thing debate created so much debate because the impetus behind writing that and, and just thinking about it. So, you know, to take people behind the scenes, the media did a conference call with Chuck last week. So we got to talk to him, ask him questions. So he was, you know, they were preparing for the fact that he was going to be in the last stand. So that got me thinking about him. But what really got me thinking about the entire idea of a statue of anybody is the fact that the Suns don't have one, you know? Uh, and I think it's been really cool. I don't know, you know, how many people have been able to go to see the Pat Tillman statue at State Farm Stadium, but they did a really good job of that, the little pavilion they created and uh, did it in a classy way where, like, it, it's him, but it's not, you know, him catching an interception or something. It's like a dignified, cool way to kind of, you know, remember both sides of what he was. So I was like, okay, well... You know, the Suns don't have a guy like that necessarily that has such a meaning to the broader, you know, national anything. But I think what made me think that Barkley would be the the right guy, it's not going to happen now, like you said. They have plenty going on construction-wise downtown all throughout the summer. But Barkley makes sense to me because he's the guy who, you know, you talk about like the 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 house that they built or whatever, like the idea of who really broke in that building and not only that building, cause it is just a place where people play basketball. But I think of Barkley when I think, you know, we had you on our podcast, that team is the one that really, I feel like broke through after the scandals of the, the time before that. And, you know, Alvin Adams, his, his reign was, was far from, from what it used to be by that point, there there was a, a gap, and and I think Barkley filled it. So, I didn't mean to say that Barkley's the most memorable or the best or anything like that. It was really just who do we start with? And to me, it was it was Barkley, and uh, I think you can also just envision a nice looking, awesome looking statue of that dude more so than 
a lot of players. So that was what was what was going through my mind. Yeah, and you know, I, I was intrigued by it because when we talk about it on, on your podcast, I've talked about it here numerous times. I, I grew up huge Charles Barkley fan, have a great deal of respect for Sir, Sir Charles, what he did here in the Valley, what he meant to the yeah. Valley and how it was kind of a, a coming of age for Phoenix. So, so I understand if I'm, if I'm looking at it from a player perspective, that's likely the first guy I'd go with as well. I find it interesting though, a lot of people online and I don't know, we, you and I went back and forth uh, yeah. a little bit on Twitter about it and it kind of snowballed a little bit in my mentions and I got a lot of people talking about shouldn't it be Steve Nash two-time yeah. MVP you know a guy who spent far more years with the Suns I mean Barkley as much as it feels like he was here a, a long time and had a huge impact in, in reality it's four seasons right uh, he's, he's yeah. here for four seasons uh the first one is magical they make that run to the finals next the next three seasons he's there hit or miss really between injuries between falling short in the playoffs so so i understand yeah. people bringing up nash and had the longer tenure had the two mvps uh yeah did you consider nash when you were writing this and kind of what was the the reasoning you went with barkley over nash in that, in that thought it's given no it's given me a lot to think about you know the debate that people had because uh you know we'll get into some of the other people that came up that you brought up and everything but a lot of people in my in my mentions as well did say nash on the comments on the on the article as well as on twitter and of course i think steve nash is probably the first player that most will think of uh with the suns even you know even considering the mvp run and the finals run that barkley made I think he, you know, Nash clearly is the guy we associate most with Suns basketball at this point. MVPs, I don't really hold that. You know, I didn't pick Barkley because he won the MVP in 1993. Like, that's sort of a toss-up. That's humans voting on something, right? But it, it's more of the meaning that somebody had and what did they accomplish? How did they galvanize the community, create new fans? Importance is, you know, Pat Tillman's not the the best or most accomplished football player, right. To ever play for the Cardinals. He got a statue. Um, plenty of, of different guys throughout time have had a different sort of impact than just what they won. So Nash, of course, I would say build it second, right? Like I, I don't, I don't think, first of all, we have to only build one statue in this outside this arena. And second of all, uh, you know, saying Barkley is great and impactful and important doesn't mean another player isn't. So, you know, the other thing I would say, not to create too much controversy, but if you think back to Nash's run here, he had four seasons that were legitimately like championship was within reach, right? 04 through 07, they get Shaq and things kind of don't go great. And then again in 2010. So, you know, he had four, he was here for 10, of course, all when all was said and done. But um, I don't exactly feel like the... The peak was about three seasons for Nash from 04 to 07. Peak was similar for Barkley. So I don't think we're talking about that different of a impact, you know, top level peak type of type of thing between the two guys. So, yes, I did think about Nash a lot, but I, I think at least let's start with Barkley is where I came down. Let's be honest. You did that for whoever's making the statue because it is next to impossible to do long hair really well. 
in a stance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you almost have to go Nash with long hair. You can't go short hair yeah. now. It's not the same impact. So I'm That's sure true. That was... it, it can start to look really dicey. <laughs> now, I think, and I brought this up to you on Twitter, I feel like Jerry Colangelo should be the guy that gets the statue first. Mm-hmm. Now, I get it. He won't because of strained relationships and, and who owns the team and yada, yada. But if you look yeah. at it, Colangelo is here from day one in 1968. He's, a, he's here literally when they, they named the team, uh, yeah. the first roster, through when he sells uh, the team in 2004. And he, he actually was on board through most of that, uh, uh, you know, seven seconds or less era as kind yeah. of a consultant uh, with the team. But you look at it, he was a general manager, a coach, won executive of the year numerous times. The fact that he was the coach is what always gets me. And twice, I believe he did it twice when he took over, uh, when he fired uh, a general, or when he fired a coach uh, when he was Mm -hmm. general manager. But you look at it, and then he buys the team uh, in 1988 to ensure that it stays in the Valley after after the drug years. Uh, He he brings them back... uh, from, from the brink in terms of on the court as well because they were abysmal until they uh, trade for Kevin Johnson and Mark West. They add Tom Chambers in free agency. We all know about uh, his efforts in, in landing Charles Barkley. He, he brought Cotton Fitzsimmons back, who in turn included Paul Westfall on his staff, who became the coach uh, of that 92-93 team. I, I think it's tough to Drafted deny. Nash. Yeah, yeah, drafted Nash. It's tough to deny the impact that that he truly had on the organization, and, and I mean, if we're we're gonna go that way, uh, he he had a heavy impact in drafting Amari and and Marion uh, as well, and had a huge impact on helping to bring Steve Nash back in free agency yeah. in 2004. So when you look at it in totality, I think it's a pretty logical place to go, but I also understand why he won't be the guy to get a statue if they go there. Well, you're totally right because, you know, by the by the logic that I set up with the Barkley thing, as far as chronologically, like, let's go back to who laid the groundwork for what the Suns are today. I think that's who you want to honor, especially for a franchise like the Suns that I think it almost goes, this was another part of why I wanted to write the article is you go in the building as it, you know, who knows? They're, they're redoing the Ring of Honor. They're, I hope that they do more. But you don't get a feel for the history of what the team is almost at all when you go to a game these days. And partially, you know, maybe there's a hesitancy to revisit the glory days, right? Because it draws attention to why it's not great now. I think there's a, a back and forth you can have there as like a marketing idea, but it's really not present. The media get more of it. There's painted walls down by the locker rooms and everything of, you know, the MVP picture of Nash is up there. There's team photos, there's, you know, factoids, everything, but in the arena, not so much. And so you want to introduce that, you know, think about in 20 more years, let's say if they're still playing in this building, a a fan comes to a game for the first time, you know, they're going to not know anything about the 50s to, you know, at that point, 70, 75 years of history that this franchise had. So by that, like, Colangelo should be the guy. And I maintain he's the most impactful person in the history of the sports in this state, period. You know, nobody has a greater imprint on that. As I said to you, though, when you brought up the idea on Twitter, how do you make an interesting statue of Jerry Colangelo? 
that's where that that's where I, I get stuck. It's like he's just gonna be kind of standing with the suit on. Well, how about how about this? We put we find a picture of him with Barkley. We do two for one, right? He's there you go. Uh, yeah. No, but to me, like, and, and you basically admit logical logical guy, but we we get the reality. And I think yeah. you're right. Maybe there is hesitancy, and I know certainly uh, in the past that was the case to remind fans of the glory days but you can't you can't hide from it right like no. fans know about that even fans that weren't there to experience it know about that if uh, if they've spent any time truly being a fan so hiding yeah. from it and not and not honoring it seems like a very odd approach to me and always has so i think you you should be embracing it in this new building and saying look these these are the legends from the past, and this is where we're going to make the legends of the future in this beautiful yeah. new building, uh, and accept that. Another guy I brought up to you, and and I feel like he deserves it, but uh, I, I understand probably where you're going to go with this. It's Al McCoy. If there is a, yeah. a true son, uh, you know, mm. and somebody that everybody associates, uh, for the most part, probably some generations recently don't because radio isn't as prominent and he's not yeah. on TV anymore, but for most Suns fans, he is the Suns. He's been the gateway yeah. and the voice and, and the, the soundtrack to every memory uh, many of us have of this Phoenix Suns team uh, and the great years. He deserves a statue at some point. Now, I understand why it won't be the first one likely, mm-hmm. but I think he deserves to be uh, at least one of the first few in line to, to get one at some point. I totally agree. You know, this is another thing where, and I wrote about this a little bit in the article, but the media room at the arena is a a shrine to the guy. And so to me, he has been properly recognized. You know, you can, there are a handful, I guess, throughout sports uh, announcers who have been, whether they go into the Hall of Fame or they're in their team's Ring of Honor or whatever version of it they have, it's a it's an it's a limited few, you know, Vin Scully and people like that. And so for McCoy to even be in the Ring of Honor, I think is really special. But I completely, you know, they they could definitely do more. I would imagine once he officially hangs it up and retires, that that more will come. Uh, because, like you said, I mean, not only is he in people's lives who are Suns fans, but he's been there for all of it. There's not a lot of people, Colangelo, I guess, being maybe the only other one who can legitimately say they were there for pretty much everything. I mean, the guy called the 76 finals and he's still going to be calling home games this upcoming season. He's watching Devin Booker 50 years later almost. It's it's pretty remarkable and, and definitely deserves some shine. All right. So one interesting name that got thrown out there. From Bob Young, uh, Suns beat writer emeritus from uh, oh, I didn't see this from the Arizona Republic. He actually himself is he is he want a statue? Uh, yes, he he's requested one. No, that's uh, not Bob style, <laughs> but uh, well, actually, he might sarcastically say it. But he suggested that he thinks the first person that will get a statue at this arena and potentially deservingly so isn't actually a Phoenix Sun; it's a Phoenix Mercury yeah. and Diana Taurasi. Now, yeah. I think that is that is a very interesting call because there's no doubt uh, you know, that she is the greatest women's player of all time when you look at her accolades, what she's accomplished, what she's yeah. done. She's done it all. 
in a Mercury jersey, and I'm even one that goes as far to argue she should be considered uh, as, if not the, one of the best athletes ever in Phoenix. So if they yeah. went that route, I would have absolutely no problem if they honored uh, DT with a statue. I saw that one too. I didn't see it from Bob, but I saw it from other fans. I, she should get one. No brainer. She's just not retired yet. And so to me, you know, you wait, right? I, she wasn't on my mind because she's still an active player, but I mean, she's the most accomplished athlete in Valley sports history. She's won three championships. She's won gold, four gold medals. I think she's won college championships that obviously didn't happen here, but nobody has accomplished more in their sport than she has. And, uh, points leader, three points leader, um, you name it. She's, she's basically accomplished it. And Mount Rushmore for sure. Valley sports. She, she has as much to do with building up basketball fandom in this town as anybody. Uh, I think Phoenix is lucky that she was around because, you know, we can have a conversation about the WNBA, the culture around it a different time. But the fact that you come here and people know who she is and celebrate her the way that they do, that doesn't happen in a lot of other WNBA towns. So 1000% Diana Taurasi should be honored in, in any way, shape and form that the franchise can come up with when the time comes. I'm holding out hope that that's not anytime soon. I, I wonder if we're looking at it wrong though, right? Because this team... 50 plus years of, uh, uh, of you know, being a bridesmaid and never, never the bride, never getting the ring, right? Maybe you yeah. use this to break the curse. And many of us believe that curse was the coin toss. Maybe you put up a, a statue of Lou Alcindor, right? A Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> out in front of the arena yeah. and, and say, look, we, we give in. We, we will honor John you. John Paxson, get, get one right next to him. Yeah, or Robert Ory. We can have, Robert a, whole, Ory. Yeah, we have yeah. a whole wing of just people that that have hurt Suns fans mm. along the way. Maybe that would change things up. Yeah. Brian Colangelo could get his own, you know, <laughs> for, while we're at it. That'd be in, that'd be in Philly, right? He's, <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he's left a real blaze of fire. I think he, I think he's up for the infamous, the, the infamy anywhere that he's worked to be honest, but no, I like the idea. Yeah. Let's do a, let's do a Kareem statue just to, to really rub in the, the LA superiority and, and just be reminded of it each and every time we walk in. Yeah. I, that's great. They, they do a Lance Blanks one, but there's no photos of him anywhere to be found. As, uh, yeah. He's a, just a, he's a ghost. Yeah. Well, well Brendan, where can, uh, where can everybody find your work and, uh, and read and, and listen to you? Yeah, well, you said it at the beginning, Bright Side of the Sun, that's where my son's coverage is for the most part. Uh, Locked on Suns, we're still doing three times a week. Hopefully we have some semblance of basketball to discuss soon, but we've had fun doing the historical stuff too, so check us out there. And then I'm uh, at BrendanClean14 on Twitter. Brendan is one of my favorite follows, and I've enjoyed talking Suns with him over the year. Highly encourage you to follow him and, and go read and listen to him. So for Thanks. Brendan... I'm Espo, and uh, thanks for joining us here on this uh, impromptu, drier, shrunken edition of the Sun Solar Panel.